0: Chapter Seven of *Love and Mr. Lewisham* by H.G. Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ogus. The Reckoning. And after the day of love came the days of reckoning. Mr. Lewisham was astonished, overwhelmed almost by that reckoning as it slowly and steadily unfolded itself. The wonderful emotions of Saturday carried him through Sunday and he made it up with a neglected schema by assuring it that she was his inspiration, and that he would work for her a thousand times better than he could possibly work for himself. That was certainly not true, and indeed he found himself wondering whither the interests had vanished out of his theological examination of Butler's analogy. The Frobishers were not at church for either service, he speculated rather anxiously why. Monday dawned coldly and clearly, a Herbert Spencer of a day, and he went to school sedulously assuring himself there was nothing to apprehend. Day boys were whispering in the morning apparently about him, and Frobisher too was in great request. Lewisham overheard a fragment. "'My mother was in a wax,' said Frobisher too. At twelve came an interview with Bonover, and voices presently rising in angry altercation and audible to senior assistant Dunkley through the closed study door. Then Lewisham walked across the schoolroom, staring straight before him, his cheeks very bright. Thereby Dunkley's mind was prepared for the news that came the next morning over the exercise books. "'When?' said Dunkley. "'End of next term.' said lewisham about this girl that's been staying at the frobisher's yes she's a pretty bit of goods but it will mess up your matric next june said dunkley that's what i'm sorry for it's scarcely to be expected he'll give you leave to attend the exam he won't said lewisham shortly and opened his first exercise book he found it difficult to talk he's a greaser said dunkley "'But there, what can you expect from Durham?' "'For Bonover had only a Durham degree, "'and Dunkley having none inclined to be particular. "'Therewith Dunkley lapsed into a sympathetic and busy rustling "'over his own pile of exercises. "'It was not until the heap had been reduced to a book or so "'that he spoke again, an elaborate point. "'Male and female created he them,' said Dunkley, "'ticking his way down the page, "'which, tick-tick, "'was damned hard, Tick-Tick, on assistant masters.' "'He closed the book with a snap and flung it on the floor behind him. "'You're lucky,' he said. "'I did think I should be first to get out of this scandalising hole. "'You're lucky. "'It's always acting down here, "'running on parents and guardians round every corner. "'That's what I object to in life in the country. "'It's so confoundedly artificial.' i shall take jolly good care i get out of it just as soon as ever i can you bet and work those patents rather my boy yes work those patents the patent square-top bottle lord once let me get to london i think i shall have a shot at london said lewisham and then the experienced uncilly being one of the kindest young men alive "'forgot certain private ambitions of his own he cherished dreams of amazing patents—and "'bethought him of agents. "'He proceeded to give a list of these necessary helpers of the assistant master at the gangway—Orellana, "'Gabitas, the Lancaster Gate Agency, and the rest of them. "'He knew them all, intimately. "'He had been a Nix eight years.' "'Of course that Kensington thing may come off,' said Dunkley, "'but it's best not to wait.' I tell you frankly the chances are against you the kensington thing was an application for admission to the normal school of science at south kensington which lewisham had made in a sanguine moment there being an inadequate supply of qualified science teachers in england The Science and Art Department is wont to offer free instruction at its great central school and a guinea a week to select young pedagogues who will bind themselves to teach science after their training is over. Dunkley had been in the habit of applying for several years, always in vain, and Lewisham had seen no harm in following his example. But then Dunkley had no green-grey certificates. So Lewisham spent all that duty left him of the next day, composing a letter to copy out and send the several scholastic agencies. In this he gave a brief but appreciative sketch of his life, and enlarged upon his discipline and educational methods. At the end was a long and decorative schedule of his certificates and distinctions, beginning with a good conduct prize at the age of eight a considerable amount of time was required to recopy this document but his modesty upheld him after a careful consideration of the time-table he set aside the midday hour for correspondence he found that his work in mathematics and classics was already some time in arrears and a test he had sent to his correspondence tutor during those troublous days after the meeting with Bonover in the avenue Came back blottesquely endorsed below past standard. This last experience was so unprecedented and annoyed him so much that for a space he contemplated retorting with a sarcastic letter to the tutor. And then came the Easter recess, and he had to go home and tell his mother, with a careful suppression of details, that he was leaving Walkley. Where you've been getting on so well, cried his mother but that dear old lady had one consolation she observed he had given up his glasses he had forgotten to bring them with him and her secret fear of grave optical troubles that were being kept from her was alleviated sometimes he had moods of intense regret for the folly of that walk One such came after the holidays when the necessity of revising the dates of the schema brought before his mind for the first time quite clearly the practical issue of this first struggle with all those mysterious and powerful influences the springtime sets astirring. His dream of success and fame had been very real and dear to him, and the realisation of the inevitable postponement of his long-anticipated matriculation, the doorway to all the other great things, took him abruptly like an actual physical sensation in his chest. He sprang up, pen in hand, in the midst of his corrections, and began pacing up and down the room. "'What a fool I've been!' he cried. "'What a fool I've been!' He flung the pen on the floor, and made a rush at an ill-drawn attempt upon a girl's face that adorned the end of his room, the visible witness of his slavery. He tore this down, and sent the fragments of it scattering. Fool! It was a relief, a definite abandonment. He stared for a moment at the destruction he had made, and then went back to the revision of the timetable, with a mutter about, Silly spooning! That was one mood, the rarer one. He watched the posts with far more eagerness for the address to which he might write to her than for any reply to those reiterated letters of application, the writing of which now ousted Horace and the higher mathematics, Lewis's terms for conics, from his attention. Indeed, he spent more time meditating the letter to her than even the schedule of his virtues had required. Yet the letters of application were wonderful compositions. Each had a new pen to itself, and was, for the first page at least, in a handwriting far above even his usual high standard. And day after day passed, and that particular letter he hoped for still did not come. His moods were complicated by the fact that, in spite of his studied reticence on the subject, The reason of his departure did, in an amazingly short time, get all over Wortley. It was understood that he had been discovered to be fast, and Ethel's behaviour was animadverted upon with complacent indignation, if the phrase may be allowed, by the ladies of the place. Pretty looks were too often a snare. One boy, his ear was warmed therefore, once called aloud Ethel, as Lewisham went by. The curate, a curate of the pale-faced, large, knuckled, nervous sort, now passed him without acknowledgement of his existence. Mrs Bonover took occasion to tell him that he was a mere boy, and once Mrs Frobisher sniffed quite threateningly at him when she passed him in the street. She did it so suddenly she made him jump. This general disapproval inclined him at times to depression, but in certain moods he found it exhilarating, and several times he professed himself to Duncany not a little of a blade. In others he told himself he bore it for her sake. Anyhow, he had to bear it. He began to find out, too, how little the world fills the need of a young man of nineteen. He called himself nineteen, though he had several months of eighteen still to run. Even though he adds prizes for good conduct, general improvement and arithmetic an advanced certificate signed by a distinguished engineer and headed with the royal arms guaranteeing his knowledge of geometrical drawing nautical astronomy animal physiology physiography inorganic chemistry and building construction to his youth and strength and energy at first he had imagined headmasters clutching at the chance of him and presently he found himself clutching eagerly at them he began to put a certain urgency into his applications for vacant posts, an urgency that helped him not at all. The applications grew longer and longer until they ran to four sheets of note-paper, a pennyworth in fact. I can assure you, he would write, that you will find me a loyal and devoted assistant. Much in that strain. Dunkley pointed out that Bonover's testimonial ignored the question of moral character and discipline in a marked manner and Bonover refused to alter it he was willing to do what he could to help Lewisham in spite of the way he had been treated but unfortunately his conscience once or twice Lewisham misquoted the testimonial to no purpose And May was halfway through, and South Kensington was silent. The future was grey. And in the depths of his doubt and disappointment came her letter. It was typewritten on thin paper. Dear, she wrote simply, and it seemed to him the most sweet and wonderful of all possible modes of address, though as a matter of fact it was because she had forgotten his Christian name and afterwards forgotten the blank she had left for it. "'Dear, I could not write before, "'because I have no room at home now where I can write a letter. "'And Mrs. Frobisher told my mother falsehoods about you. "'My mother has surprised me dreadfully. "'I did not think it of her. "'She told me nothing, "'but of that I must tell you in another letter. "'I am too angry to write about it now. "'Even now you cannot write back, "'for you must not send letters here. "'It would never do.' but i think of you dear the dear had been erased and rewritten and i must write and tell you so and of that nice walk we had if i never write again i am very busy now my work is rather difficult and i am afraid i am a little stupid it is hard to be interested in anything just because that is how you have to live is it not i dare say you sometimes feel the same of school but i suppose everybody is doing things they don't like "'I don't know when I shall come to Wortley again, if ever, "'but very likely you will be coming to London. "'Mrs. Frobisher said the most horrid things. "'It would be nice if you could come to London, "'because then perhaps you might see me. "'There is a big boys' school at Chelsea, "'and when I go by it every morning I wish you were there. "'Then you would come out in your cap and gown as I went by. "'Suppose some day I was to see you there suddenly.' So it ran, with singularly little information in it, and ended quite abruptly, "'Good-bye, dear, good-bye, dear,' scribbled in pencil, and then, "'Think of me sometimes.' Reading it, and especially that opening, dear, made Lewisham feel the strangest sensation in his throat and chest, almost as though he was going to cry. So he laughed instead, and read it again, and went to and fro in his little room with his eyes bright and that precious writing held in his hand that dear was just as if she had spoken a voice suddenly heard he thought of her farewell clear and sweet out of the shadow of the moonlit house but why that if I never write again and that abrupt ending of course he would think of her it was her only letter In a little time its creases were worn through. Early in June came a loneliness that suddenly changed into almost intolerable longing to see her. He had vague dreams of going to London, to Clapham, to find her. But you do not find people in Clapham as you do in Wortley. He spent an afternoon writing and rewriting a lengthy letter against the day when her address should come, if it was to come he prowled about the village disconsolately and at last set off about seven and retraced by moonlight almost every step of that one memorable walk of theirs. In the blackness of the shed he worked himself up to the pitch of talking as if she were present, and he said some fine brave things. He found the little old lady of the wallflowers with a candle in her window and drank a bottle of ginger beer with a sacramental air. The little old lady asked him a trifle archly after his sister, and he promised to bring her again some day. "'I'll certainly bring her,' he said. Talking to the little old lady somehow blunted his sense of desolation, and then home through the white indistinctness in a state of melancholy that became at last so fine as to be almost pleasurable.' the day after that mood a new text attracted and perplexed mrs monday an inscription at once mysterious and familiar and this inscription was mispa it was in old english lettering and evidently very carefully executed where had she seen it before it quite dominated all the rest of the room at first it flaunted like a flag of triumph over discipline and the timetable and the schema once indeed it was taken down but the day after it reappeared later a list of scholastic vacancies partially obscured it and some pencil memoranda were written on the margin and when at last the time came for him to pack up and leave wortley he took it down and used it with several other suitable papers the schemer and the time-table its next-door neighbours to line the bottom of the yellow box in which he packed his books chiefly books for that matriculation that are now to be postponed. End of chapter 7